morning. The first reading for this morning is found in the book of Acts, chapter 5, verses 12 through 20. Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in the highest esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. But the high priest rose up, and all who were with him, that is, the party of the Sadducees, and filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them in the public prison. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle reading this morning is from the book of Revelation, chapter 1, beginning with verse 4. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings on the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priests to this God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, God who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient and endurance that are in Jesus was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna and to Pergamum and to Thyatira and to Sardis and to Philadelphia and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and on turning I saw seven gold lampstands, and in the midst of the lampstands one like the Son of Man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun, shining in full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last, and the living one. 
I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. according to St. John, the 20th chapter. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from anyone, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I know we've all been there in the middle of summer when it's blazing hot outside and the sun is just beating down straight on you. Maybe you're at an outdoor stadium where you're confined to a seat and there's no breeze and no air circulating at all and you're just sweltering. Maybe you're out in your yard, you're working in your garden, you're pulling those weeds, something like that. Maybe you're hiking a trail looking for wildflowers in Death Valley. 
Hashtag, what were we thinking? The heat is unbearable and there's no relief. And you can't watch the game. Uh, you're close to not caring whether the weeds overtake the garden or not. And you're considering abandoning your search for any living flower in Death Valley. The heat is simply unbearable. And then, miraculously, a cloud forms in the sky and moves across the sun and shields you from its rays. And the air around you ah, is instantly cooler. You find some much-needed relief. You breathe a sigh and you go on again with whatever you were doing, but much happier. What a difference a shadow can make. In our first reading this morning from the book of the Acts of the Apostles, we get a glimpse at the very beginnings of the Christian church. Jesus has risen from the dead. He has ascended into heaven. The believers of Christ are filled with joy. They're happy. They're excited. They're gathering together in houses the first day of the week to worship, to fellowship, to share a meal together. The apostles are teaching them the things that Jesus taught, the things that Jesus did in his life. People have sold their belongings, sold their land in order to help those among them who are in need. More and more people are being added to the number of the church, and it is growing. What an amazing change from those previous days when Jesus was in the tomb when there was just darkness and gloom after he had been crucified. And during this time, Peter stands out as a leader in the church. John plays an important part too. And just previous to our reading here in Acts, Peter and John had been on their way to the temple to worship and they had seen a lame beggar, a beggar who had been lame from birth, who never walked. And they had just healed him. In fact, Luke says many signs and many wonders were being done regularly by the apostles. The people held them in high esteem. The apostles, these witnesses of Jesus' death and resurrection, they were drawing great crowds like Jesus had been. And this was creating quite a stir in Jerusalem. And you know that the religious leaders did not like this one bit. They had tried to make them stop talking about Jesus. They especially wanted to silence their witness that they had seen Jesus alive after he had been killed, saying that he had risen from the dead. They arrested them. They charged them not to speak in this name. But Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, made a bold confession. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And I said the people held the apostles in high esteem as, as uh, the apostles would walk around, the people would bring out their sick and their lame and their demon-possessed. They'd put them in the streets, lay them on cots and mats, hoping for a miracle to be done by the apostles. In fact, 
Our reading says, they were hoping that even Peter's shadow would pass over them. That this shadow would bring healing to them. And our text just simply says, they were all healed. Now we might wonder, was Peter's shadow really able to heal people? But I think in a sense, yeah, it could have been. Remember that once Jesus was traveling in a crowd, uh, he was on his way to heal this 12-year-old girl who was dying, right? And as they're making their way through this crowd, an old woman, she creeps up quietly behind Jesus and she reaches out and she just touches his hem and she is healed instantly. Maybe Peter's shadow had that same healing power and presence of God for the sick and the demon-possessed. Can God be powerfully present in a shadow? Well, remember when it was time for Jesus to be born and an angel came to visit Mary and told her that she would bear the Son of God. And she said, how can that be? I am unmarried and I am a virgin. And the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. God overshadowed Mary and she gave birth to Jesus. Then there was the time later in Jesus' life when he takes Peter and James and John, they go up onto the mountain together and there Jesus is transfigured before them and his face, his clothes are shining and the glory of God is shining around him. And of course they want to stay there with Moses, with Elijah, and then a cloud comes on the mountain there, overshadows them. And then the voice of God comes from the cloud. This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. God's presence and power were there in that cloud, in that shadow, we might think. When God's shadow appears, his presence and his power are in it. Peter's shadow could have healed people that day, not because Peter was so powerful, but because God was. God was performing signs and wonders, showing that the witness, that the testimony of the disciples was true. The writer of Psalm 91 understands the power of God's shadow. He writes, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, My refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Now not all references to shadows are positive. Sometimes they're negative. We gather together in sorrow, the casket is here at the front of the church, as we've seen just recently with Kareem. Our loved one took their last breaths, maybe just days ago. The time has come to say goodbye. 
And the funeral service begins, and the pastor reads Psalm 23. And as you listen, the words strike at your heart. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. This time, the shadow is not God's power. The shadow is death's power over us. This time, the cloud is not healing and life. This time, the ugly presence of death hangs over us in a cloud of grief. This time, there's no cloud of joy and excitement. This time, it's a shadow of tears and sorrow. And at times like these, we think about, we realize just how quickly life passes and maybe another passage comes to mind. Man is but a breath. His days are like a passing shadow. Psalm 144. We've heard that same sentiment put into other words. The grass withers, the flower fades. Isaiah 40. We know how quickly our loved one's last years went and makes us think about how much of our own life has already passed and is gone. Life passes away like a passing shadow. And this shadow is dark and threatening. You don't want to be under this shadow, at least not for very long. No, you long for the shadow of God's healing presence in your life at that time. So what changes that shadow of death into the shadow of God's presence in our lives? I'm sure that many of us are familiar with the comic strip BC. Johnny Hart, who drew that comic strip, was a, a committed Christian. And he drew caveman characters. And on major Christian holidays, he would very often uh, in his strip have some kind of a Christian message. And for Easter in 1999, his comic strip spoke of what resurrection meant to him. So this cave woman is standing there watching the caveman uh, make a cross. He's tying two sticks together. And the caveman says, these sticks, they're, they're going to represent God. And then the two of them walk away. And as they're walking, the caveman says, you and I will be Adam and Eve, okay? And the cavewoman says, okay. And then they walk away, and you see back in the background the, the hill and the cross and their footsteps as they come away. And then he points to two marks on the ground. He says, we'll stand on these marks, Eve. And Eve says, okay. And the marks are Bible passages. They are, uh, I've got them here. <laughs> They are Mark 10, 26, and 27, which says, And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. And the other Mark passage is Mark eleven twenty two. 22. Jesus answered them, Have faith in God. So they stand on these marks, and they turn around, and they look away at the hill and the cross. And God, uh, Eve says, wow, we are so far from God. Do you think he hates us? And Adam says, 
No, he's a God of love, Eve. He will always reach out to save us. And then you watch as the, the sun starts to set. It's setting and it's getting closer to the cross there. And Adam gets excited and he says, uh, he says, watch what happens when the sun gets to the cross, Eve. And Eve's thinking and she says, she's thinking, sun? And it's spelled S-O-N. And then she looks to Adam and she says, S-O-N, sun? And Adam looks at her and says, that's good, Eve, that's good. And then the, the sun sinks down behind the cross and you, you see the, the shadow of the cross growing and coming closer. And then they're standing right in the shadow of the cross and now the shadow is done in Lenten purple. And Adam says, I stand corrected. When we stand in the shadow of the empty cross, with Jesus Christ risen from the dead. God's powerful presence drives away all gloom and death. Jesus' resurrection overshadows us with the very promise from Him of eternal life with Him and with the Father. Our loved one will live, and so will we. Jesus' resurrection changes everything. Thomas was missing from that upper room on that first Easter. And he refused to believe that Jesus was alive. He had heard the news from his fellow disciples, but he just flat out refused to believe it. He needed to see it himself. A week later, he's there with them again. And maybe the room, let's imagine that it's kind of darkly lit. There are a couple of lamps that are lit around the room there. And suddenly Jesus is standing there physically with his risen, glorious body. And Thomas is awestruck. And Jesus looks at Thomas and, and maybe, just maybe, Jesus is standing in front of one of those lamps and Jesus' shadow falls on Thomas. And he tells Thomas, touch my hands, touch my side, stop your doubting, and start believing again. In that very moment, the shadow of death turns into the shadow of life. And Thomas is whole again. The resurrected presence of Jesus made all the difference in his life. And the resurrected presence of Jesus makes all the difference in our lives, too. We're not able to reach out and, and to put our fingers in the holes in his hand. We're not able to, to put our hand into his side the way that Thomas would have been. We don't have Peter's shadow passing over us with God's healing presence and power like the crowd did. But we can reach out our hands today and we can take hold of the risen body of Christ in the bread of the supper. We can reach out our hands today and take hold of the blood of Christ in the cup. That body and blood are powerfully present for you and for me here today. 
At the Lamb's high feast, we find Easter triumph and Easter joy. We find paradise opened and the light flooding out. Life for you and for me all our days. The shadow of gloom and death is changed into the shadow of God's power and life with Christ's resurrection presence in our lives. Are you able to see that shadow? Well, not like the people that watched Peter walk by, we're not. Not like Thomas did when Jesus appeared again. But you can believe that it's here. Believe it. Believe that God's amazing power and presence are here for you today. Listen to Jesus' words to Thomas. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Listen because there Jesus is talking about you. In his name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.